In the city, we gon' slide, bet I be there pronto Me, my guys, we really lie Lord, forgive me, pay my ties Please don't have me reach inside And that's in the console Keep the semi when I ride Let off Henny when I drive In the city, we gon' slide Bet I be there pronto Hey Hey What's good with y'all, man? This is the Chop Up. I am Yamo, the political plug. I'm here with everybody's favorite uh, social media personality, the Beyonce of the Chop Up, the Consciously. I'm also yeah. here with one of my favorite orators, speakers, yeah. you know, and the real life Kadisha James, Toya G. And this is the Chop Up. Y'all know how it go. We got a lot of interesting dialogue for y'all. A lot today. of interesting dialogue. Yeah. A lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, you know what I mean? So we glad that y'all able to take some time out of y'all day to join us and be a part of this conversation. So we ain't even gonna play no games with y'all. Ain't even no point in bullshit. Ooh, we got to get right into it. <laughs> uh, and we gotta discuss the uh, tragedy that took place in Buffalo. We gotta discuss the tragedy that took place in Buffalo. Uh, uh, so. For all of y'all that, you know what I'm saying, that if you ain't heard, if you ain't, you know what I mean, been, been disconnected uh, mm-hmm. at around 2.30 p.m., a, a white, young, white terrorist showed up at a top supermarket in a predominantly black uh, Buffalo, New York neighborhood wearing body armor, military gray helmet, and carrying a modified Bushmaster rifle. But the young terrorist also had a head-mounted camera where he was live streaming the event. Went into the grocery store and took the lives of 10 people. Can I can I ten. can I say their names real quick? Can I drop yeah, that? Please do. I would love yeah. to actually acknowledge their names because all of that gets lost in the storytelling and focusing on the shooter and how everything's gonna play out. So Celestine Cheney, age 65, Roberta H. Drury, age 32, Andre McNeil, age 53, Catherine Massey, 72, Margus D. Morrison, age 58, Hayward Patterson, age 67. Aaron Salter Jr., 55, Geraldine Talley, 62, Ruth Whitfield, age 86, and Pearl Young, age 77. May you all rest in peace and definitely send in, you know, just any type of encouragement and love to your families and friends and, and everybody from Buffalo. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, even, even as we doing this, man, like, uh, it was just another shooting, wow. uh, multiple Multiple people shot Hammond High School graduation. Um, suspect is in custody. I think this is Hammond, Louisiana. The graduation? Um, graduation. Graduation. Wow. Uh, several people were reportedly shot outside of high school graduation on Southeastern Louisiana University's campus Thursday night on uh, Hammond, Louisiana. Um, authorities tell WBRZ that at least three three people were, were wounded in the shooting and a suspect now in custody. So even uh, the television station reports that gunfire erupted as the graduating seniors were exited in the ceremony. Um, and so this is this is where we talk about where it's like it's crazy. Like even even as we have in this conversation, of course, more details have to come out about that. Uh, yeah. and, and as details come in, hopefully we can we can share that with y'all. Um, but uh, what we know about this shooting, we know about this shooting. All ten of the, the people that that Toya just named were black. All yes. of them were black. There's no doubt that this was a racially motivated shooting. This was a hate crime. We know that it goes that far because we even seen him. There's footage of him apologizing to white people that he was aiming at accidentally. Yeah, to a white dude he was aiming at. To a white dude he was aiming at. Apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Now, uh, of course, it's, it's always like fear and terror that washes over us. But like, I mean, how, how what was y'all initial reaction when you know what I'm saying when the, when the details came out? Like for me, it I, what what fucked me up the most is really what's happening with our elders. Like it's mm-hmm. like they targeted, you know what I'm saying? Like our our elders. Like what happened with uh, the the church shooting? I mean, this is like it, it's really. The like you know what I'm saying, our griots, the oldest among us, the ones that you know what I mean that have our history. You right. feel me? And and really it, it makes me feel a certain type of way, you feel because I feel like we as as a people, we're not doing a good enough job, you know what I mean, of 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 like really being there for our elders the way that, the way that we need to, giving them the respect um that they man. that they deserve. Uh for me, man, when it first when it first happened, I really had blocked it out. I really, I really blocked it out. It wasn't gonna give that much attention or detail to it, um, but because of how I position myself on social media, I get tagged in a lot of things, and I really hadn't talked, hadn't gave it a lot of thought because it's like shit. So many tragedies happen all the time. You know, they really mess with your mental health. You know what I'm saying? When you're always thinking about tra- racial tragedy, the racial tragedy. Somebody tagged me on Facebook, and I seen the footage. And when I seen that footage, it really just, it really, it really pissed me off. And it really made it where I've been really trying to get a movement started. You feel me? Like, hey, Juneteenth, 2022, the entire week from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the Midwest, black people in droves need to go enroll in life, the uh, mm-hmm. life insurance and all the ways that we can and go legally purchase firearms and all the way that we can and see what happens type shit like hey either legislation gonna change or we'll be you know what i'm saying ready you know what i mean and whatever 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 but you know yeah Look, black I, people getting guns usually cause legislation to change go ahead Tui. yeah i had plenty to say i could say uh you know alongside what lee just talked about in terms of black people getting firearms but i, I guess my original response to it was similar to jordan's in a lot of ways like i was like Okay, I can't. I don't the the sticky dirty details. I don't really know. And then, as somebody mentioned in the comments not too long ago, uh, there was a mass shooting then in Orange County um, Sunday, and a whole church was shot up. And just like you said, our elders, our uh, griots, our you know truth keepers and storytellers and historians of our family. Uh, it wasn't a person who got who got shot at in that Asian church that was under the age of fifty. I think the doctor who ended up pushing the shooter in that situation was like 52 or 55 or something like that. And so that's when it really I sat down and I slowed down and got into both of those stories. I needed to get into the story down the street um, and figure out what's going on in my own backyard. But then I also sat back and was like, now let me untangle what's happening to my people. And as I was doing that, more and more information was coming out to, you know, make it clearly racialized. And so that that's what really kind of pulled me in. Now, we I find myself, you know, kind of caught up in a lot of different parts of the conversation. I think I most freaked out. The most scary part about this to me was that he scouted out that that grocery store for like some days. I think they said he went um, there multiple days to see when the highest traffic was going to be happening, when most people would be in the store, how all that stuff played out. And that's when it really hit me how grotesque. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already... You said what now? He had a sketch of the... He had a a sketch outline of the, the grocery store. And that's real Call of Duty type shit. He planned how he was going to go down each other. That's unsettling. When you think about the fact that, you know, the, the man who was a security guard who tried to stop him, shot at him, or I think pointed his gun at him and got hit in his pr- protective gear 
um, at first and then and, and, and eventually got a fatal shot. When you think about the fact that this man was only working at that store because he was a re- retired lieutenant who took that job because he was bored at the crib. Right. These are people who just want to be in the community, who just still want to just find something to do, who still want to be in the mix of what was a food desert. Right. Just so many things. When you get the backstory of what happened, I, I'm being long winded about the facts and details. I've been watching the news like I've been watching the news. But, but that's, when, that's when you really start to unpiece it. And you like these are people real lives. It's just. Two seconds. Go get, think, some bread, go get some sugar real quick and you all nothing's ever the same. So it, it was hurt. definitely when I, I, when I saw I saw an interesting conversation. Um. And this, I just why I hate cable news, but it, it, it's like a necessary evil because like we need media to like to even like be able to get these messages, to be able to un- like or, or find out about these events. Mm-hmm. But like you you go you 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 go to you go to MSNBC, right? You have black thinkers, black scholars, black journalists on there. They saying specifically like this is America, mm-hmm. right? like this is who we are as a country. And the first thing that the hosts want to do. Uh, Joe Scarborough, a, ex, a quote unquote ex conservative, ex Republican. But the first thing you want to jump on is, oh no, I want to have faith that we're better than this. I want to have, I want, you know, I want to hope that you know this is this is an ugly piece of. But no, we we got to have hope that we can be better, right? Fox News, which you don't expect it to be any better, but the conversation they was having is, well, what do you classify as a hate crime? What do you consider a hate crime? Like, what do you classify as a hate crime? So like it it. it <laughs> I find the fact that we still are we still have to convince people that this is a reality, like that this is embedded in the core. The fact that you could plan it on Facebook, carry it out on Twitch means that the types of surveillance that usually supposed to cut this shit off before it takes place mm-hmm. have still failed, even with all the instances and aspects of domestic terrorism that we've seen take place over the last five years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're still, they're still able to, and we'll talk about, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about Young Thug and them later, right? They they able to have surveillance on them, you know what I'm saying, in the necessary ways that's needed. But we see these same domestic terrorists on public platforms that everybody got access to. Hey, I know, I, yeah, it's so deep. We gotta watch how we talk on these public platforms while we stream because we say the wrong, wrong thing or the wrong word, they'll cut this shit off in a minute. So I'm just thinking of all the ways in which I've been suppressed and policed on stream yards and stream and, and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and you feel me like damn I did significantly less and y'all took my uh, streaming uh, so I, you know hey. well you know I want to when I think about you know the whole notion of streaming and the nature of streaming and how music not music but messages brother are getting broadcast in a lot of interesting ways I came across a very interesting TikTok that. Uh, opened up for me an avenue that I didn't even think about in terms okay. of just like, oh shit, like this is really how a lot of these young homegrown domestic terrorists are being born or birthed and developed. This, uh, this uh, shout out to Margot Holmes, always showing love. Good evening to you. Shout out to you, Margot. Show. Uh, but one of the things, uh, the TikTok Margo, I saw I was a white mother. I think I'm pretty sure it's Margot. Yeah, uh, definitely Margot. I said Margot. <laughs> I'm asking myself, like it's definitely Margot. <laughs> but this this white mother um, was making a plea to other white mothers. And her message was very simple. We have got to be more connected with the browser histories of our children, specifically our young white boys and how they stream and what they're talking about on Twitches, discords and all these other just online spaces, right? A lot of 
uh, uh, messages in terms of even playing the game. You get in the right, and I don't be on the game, so y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but you find the right room, find the right group of people, you get enough of your friends on there. And this is a un, not that we want our privacy violated, not that we want people eavesdropping on all of these discussions, because I'm trying to not to be over police, but these are unregulated spaces where people are literally plotting them for hours. Niggas sit and play the game for hours and talk for hours and spread hate speech and use rhetoric and epithets and make all types of, you know, plans and have all types of idealism. So she, you know, and she was criticized rightfully so in the comments because the way it came off, it did make it seem like, you know, it was like, we're not the ones doing this. We're, it's out of our control as far as parents in the household. The real indoctrination is playing, indoctrination is it can take a place on pop line. And people was like, hold on, sis, don't opt out yet. Some of this is happening around the dinner table. Some of this is happening in, you know what I'm saying? But it's it, the, the emboldened nature is happening, like you said, in strange spaces and places that are not, we are not privy to. And it was really dope that she said, and really, uh, you know, for, for other white moms, gave them something to sit and ponder and think about. They probably wouldn't think about it. Hold on, George. Hold on, George. Hold on, hold on, George. Hold on. The more you talk, boy. <laughs> you said what? We, we have to, like, th- this point is extremely important, right? Because I don't care how tired people get of the comparisons. Racism is so obvious that the fact that people try to deny it, even black people, mm. even black people, the fact that, like, let's have the intra-racial conversation. The fact that black people attempt to deny racism, white supremacy, and white privilege, it is white privilege Shout to be able to, the to black move and exist in spaces where you can plan terrorist attacks. Right. Have terrorist attacks be planned in your home and as a mother mm-hmm. not be held accountable. Every wow. mother of every gangbanger, of every nigga that they that, that, that got arrested, has of every nigga that was flagging, has been held accountable. What are you doing, black black woman? Why is it's uniquely because since this is a this is a, a very interesting conversation that's happening with the death of Kevin Samuels, the manosphere. Is, is is a place that uniquely demonizes uh single mothers and mm-hmm. hold them responsible for gang bangers and gang and gang activity and niggas being in the streets and niggas selling drugs uniquely so i think so we are looking at white privilege par excellence when we see white mothers being able to make a plea and distance themselves from the radicalization of a baby terrorist but black mothers from, from the day that, uh, that a young black boy starts slinging in the streets is held responsible for him being in that position. Definitely. Anybody's trying to hear that? Anybody's trying to hear that? Um, I want to ask y'all about the Twitch situation, though. Um, do, do y'all see Twitch having any culpability in, 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 or, or, or Discord or Facebook having any culpability? Because these are the, these are the places where not only uh, it was planned, but as it was executed, it was executed on stream. On stream. I mean, I, I feel like yes and no for me. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, yes and no. Yes and no in terms of, I know that there's it's, it's ways they have the algorithms and the streams access trigger. You feel me? When we talk about white supremacy, you feel me? If I say white supremacy too much right now, I'm streaming on TikTok and I'm streaming on Facebook and I'm streaming on YouTube right now. If I talk about white supremacy too much and get too descriptive in my analysis and my words, I might, I might, I might stumble upon a community guideline. So in that way, you feel me? I think that it's culpable, a culpable in terms of hey, it's not equal policing or equal, you feel me, community guidelines. But on another realm, it's like, hey, they just a platform and consumers just get on shit. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just like that. You know what I mean? Like you know. So I, to me, I feel like yes and no for me. It's like you know. That's how you know, I'm saying. I feel like for me, like that's how I see it. Like I get, I get it. Both, I, I get it. But like, eh, I don't know. I so heavily agree with Lee. Um, in terms of being on the fence, and and it's all of that. In addition to, you gotta be careful what you ask for, right? Because we're like, where were y'all? And why didn't y'all do this? And should they be held accountable? And y'all need to be watching them more. But you know what happens for the sake of legalese and objectivity. The more they watch them, the more they watch us too. And so turnabout becomes fair play and you really get in, end up in a catch-22 where what we've seen on social media platforms, right? And y'all have seen it. It doesn't matter how you use the word sex. You have to say sex because you could be talking about sexual education, talking about, you know, the, the rights to your body and individualism, and that'll be flagged as something that, you know, was violent or, um, or vulgar or whatever. Same thing when you talk about, like, we see TikTok as a prime example of how you have to use all these cold words and phrases so you don't get grouped and scooped up with everybody else who's actually having the damaging conversations, actually promoting agenda and actually being problematic in that space. And so you got to be careful how culpable you hold. Really, you got to be careful how much of an invitation you give these platforms to be a part of your active post by post participation. Right. We post with the hopes that somebody behind the screen is too busy and we get some stuff off. But you can say, come on, you need to be watching them more often in every stream they have. You can say that if you want to. They're going to be on every stream of yours, too. And then what happens with our underground planning and plotting? What happens to the conversations we want to have in under common spaces? What happens to the vulnerabilities that we experience? Because we said, go get them, go get them. Yeah, yeah they, but, they, but Toya, is that, but is that what actually happens, though? Like, do they ever police them? Right. Because because if. Cause like the the idea that they policing our shit post by post, that's not mm-hmm. unique. We know that we know that they are. Like even even as the chopper, like con- mm-hmm. like Georgia tell you, I was about to, conscious to tell you. <laughs> I forgot to uh, that. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'll tell you though in terms of the policing is there. The post by post, you know what I mean? Like the shadow banning, the it's we know that it exists. But you feel like you've been assigned somebody specifically. <laughs> in the organization like you have right. a case file yes so yeah. so right so so what is it what is everything it mean? you ever posted what does it mean for anti-racist content to be so heavily policed but you can still plan a racist terrorist attack on these platforms and and, and that's able to slip under slip through uh the the moderators that's that's why that's why that's why I see it as a wishy washy. That's why I see it as a as a as a yes and no. Because I mean, Twitch did take down all of the content from from uh, they they completely wiped the stream from you know what I'm saying their, their their site. Try to take down all the footage from their site. So they've tried to do residual things, but of course the you know, say it's already happened. We've already seen it. The, the content is already being shared. People are already screen recorded. But I think that you know, in terms of you feel me, like business and capitalism. I know that shit. You know, they're going to always make it where a, 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 a platform that is structured around promotion and advertising, how culpable are they for particular ideologies? It's like, I think they are a little bit, but it's like, I'll be careful with how culpable I would make it because shit, what toy you're getting at? Because I know, like, you know, like we all three know, if they're going to make a law, that law going to have disproportionate impacts, you feel me, or whatever they standard they push, you know what I'm saying, on all three of us as content creators. You feel me? Because I know, I, mean, really? I see somebody say, the last thing I say on this is that, I see somebody say some shit like, they got they, they know people that be gaming on Twitch and at the time at the height of the pandemic. If you sneezed, it would give you a COVID, you feel me, you know what I'm saying? Type of you know, uh uh like you know shit, you know what I'm saying? Know, but was able to do all they was able to do on the Twitch, it show, but to me it showed too, it's like hey, it's more about the the 
the people that was watching that Twitch, because listen, right now I'm on TikTok. I know for a fact right now my TikTok is being mass reported based off of how the engagement is. You see what I'm saying? So the fact that that Twitch wasn't mass reported or wasn't reported once or twice, and you know what I'm saying? It was able to last for as long as it did. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know what I mean? See, that's why I still be like, not not a hard no. It's just like, yes and no. Because I get it, but like, eh, you know? Yeah, what was you about to say, Tony? Oh, nothing. I mean, I just, I don't even remember. I was probably just heavily agreeing with something that Lee was saying. But more importantly, it's just, you got to be careful what you ask for. You know, and I, I can't, I can't, especially now, and I've, I've forwarded this question before, but in terms of like our political and social organizing and why I think it's hard for us to have like a, a legitimate black revolutionary movement right now is that, you know, not only are our interests fragmented and fractured, but also the channels that we use to share information and to swap information and to organize and stuff like that is so broad and diverse. And But we depend on it. Right. Without that, without them, without the various mediums and stuff like that, we have nothing. So we like go get them. Look at what they doing. Oh, look what they allowed to happen. Look at but got to be careful with dragging these companies to the carpet in terms of being responsible because they start changing and shifting their policies and we get the worst of it. We get the short end of the stick when it really comes time for that stuff to materialize. So I'm just reluctant to say, yeah, Twitch was in the wrong. Whoever else was in the wrong. Go get them. Right. That hey, I mean, right. Them. It's like anytime you turn up policing, it turn up on us. Yeah. <laughs> like. It don't, it don't matter what happened. It's been coming to my mind the most, though. White, white fragility has been coming to my mind the most in so many different ways. We know that right now, another theory, it's a lot of theories right now that's been thrown in the world. You know what I'm saying? Thrown in the narrative in terms of the replacement theory about white people thinking they're being replaced by these new voters and this, that, and the other. You know, critical race theory. I think about mm -hmm. the ways in which we've had so much policy passed because we worried about white kids and white people having their feelings hurt and then think about all the actual death that has been caused by the replacement theory and how, you know what I'm saying, we don't see that being things. So I was like, we don't need no critical race theory in the classroom, but my kid can listen to Tucker Carlson, you feel me, on Fox News and just recognizing like, hey, all the ways in which they've been able to hold niggas accountable for rap lyrics, for Instagram posts, for all that type of shit. You mean tell me right now, it was 22 people watching that live and those 22 people aren't being investigated? Those 22 people aren't being seen as a part of a RICO case for being a part of, you feel me, a Attached virtual, yeah. you feel me, group that's you feel me, leading yeah. to, you know, 10 people being killed and miss people being shot. To me, it showed that it's a lot of not equal protection of the law and not an equal policing of the law. That's what we're really getting at. It's how, like, damn, you was able to get away with all that. Hey, man, when a nigga start doing shit, we start asking, Where was your mom at? Where was your daddy at? How you get the mm -hmm. money for that? Hey, y'all, how you get the money for that? Uh, for, 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 that, for that equipment, where did you buy that armor from? We ain't asking those questions. Hey, it's like, Jimmy yeah, Lovato, like, what Jimmy Lovato and like Mac Miller, like, like they like when Mac Miller died, his dealer, his dealer's dealer. dealer. I think George, you 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 bring us to a good point though, because I do want to transition over into this conversation of like the uh, great replacement theory, um, and the role that they claim that it plays in in in, in the tragedy. Now, I, I I mean I really don't care to to like go into a thesis of what of what the fuck it is, but simply it's xenophobia. The great replacement theory is the idea, and it's not even it's it's not even an American idea. It's French, okay? A French conservative, like a French right wing. So so think like Tucker Carlson, think Fox News, but with a French accent. We oui, we oui, that type of shit, right? But racism, you feel me? Uh, <laughs> uh, 
But the idea, and, and this is where this is where it's, it's weird. So the idea is that in Europe, they're using immigration, um, uh, the immigration of like Africans and, and other people into Europe as a way to replace Europeans. You feel me? Because Africans are specifically mentioned in the theory. The way that they use it in the United States is they attach it to the uh the, their the immigration crisis, right? The xenophobia with the immigration crisis, and the and the idea that uh, Democrats are using uh are creating laws to allow for um, alien voters to replace uh, white American voters, right? Um, with the, have y'all heard of this theory before? Is this something that was that like outside of just xenophobia, right? Outside of just the because to me this is just they took our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole you know Mexicans are taking our jobs craze of what was that the late two thousands the two thousand and tens? You feel me? Like that anti immigration sentiment. Nah, that's all in that though. Explain. I know, I know, I know this from being down south. The replacement theory is really normalized in terms of like thinking about a genocide against actual white people and thinking about how, like, you know, genetic annihilation and about, you know, about like the abortions, not only about the abortions, but also thinking about voting power. But I don't think about voting power, but actually thinking about how they, they believe that by they project by, by 2050. White people are going to be the minority and X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z. So it's really about, like, you know, uh, think about, like, you know, Dr. Francis Christ. I love this comment. Like, that type I love of this shit, comment. You know what I'm saying? Say it again. I know I break like a motherfucker, but what? No, nah, it's a, uh, this, is, this, is, this is a Rick and Morty, a Rick and Morty reference, a show that I watch. It's a, uh, yeah, it's I don't a, know Rick I, and Morty like that. I don't know, you feel me? I know yeah, what it is, but I don't yeah, watch the yeah. show. But I think of no, 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 it's a good deep that says that when you read those manifestos, it's really... He's really accusing the Democrats of doing strategic things politically, socially and economically to bring other non-white people in to replace them. So they see it as a power grab. Like it's to, to me, it's deeper than it's taking a job. It's more of like you are trying to take away my land and my heritage, my personhood from me. And as a result, my back is, is, is against the wall. So now I'm going to shoot this movie theater up, shoot this Walmart up. Shoot this, you know what I'm saying? That's that's you know what I'm saying, really how I see it type shit. And I've seen TED talks on it, and I've done, you know what I mean? Like man, you was Oklahoma, you know that that's what they be on, like the oh bro, yeah, no, but, the, but, that, but when we were in and we, I'll just say this, and you gotta tell you when we were in Oklahoma, it was the they're taking our jobs narrative. Like it's the so so I get what you're saying in terms of like the, the nuance in, in the deep south, but this is just the kind of I, I'm saying it's the evolution of that. Go ahead, Toy. Well, no, I was just going to add on to both of you all's kind of explanation of the logic and phenomena behind behind the, what are, what are we calling it? The replacement theory? The great replacement theory. Another plot twist that I heard to kind of also add some nuance into, I guess, the perspective of the ones fearful of being replaced is that too, when you look at the um, extended hand to like Ukrainians and you also just look at immigrants in general, but Ukrainians have been lumped into it, right? They, so they're European, they occupy some positionality of whiteness, but they're almost like some neo-whites that the old school whites don't want over here because they, in relationship to like other migrants are docile, are quiet. They fall in line, they conform because they have, you know, fallen into this liberalist con- interpretation of the American dream. So they want to come over here and do right and be a part of everybody and kumbaya and link up and lock arms and shit like that, which 
then by nature silences those who are radical and more willing to defend and fight for the you know logics and principles and and ideals of the founding fathers of this country so it's really interesting who they even create enemies with people who you would assume that they want to bring in they're like no 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 you don't get none of this either this is specifically exclusive to the original whites of this country you you don't get access to it your migrant shit you know, education is elevation. I don't know how I forgot this part. This conspiracy theory right here, though, is also we can't talk about it without talking about anti-Semitism and how the Great Replacement Theory says that it's the Jews that's bringing in all these non-white people to replace mm-hmm. us actual Anglo-Saxon, good, original white people or whatever. So, you know, because, you, you know, in uh, every European, conservative European. conspiracy is a little bit of anti it, it, it got a little bit all of the motherfuckers you feel what I'm saying but you know what it's important to throw it in there as well like to make sure that's make sure that part is in there they believe that the like like literally George Soros and the, the Jews are bringing in this that and the other and that's how they able to pass along this you feel me that this this narrative and that's why it's so you feel me like pathological and, and and I'm glad and I'm glad I'm glad you pointed that out too though because it, it, in, the, in the comments clicking too by the way definitely dropping some little nuggets of knowledge and stuff like oh that. yeah oh yeah we definitely we definitely we definitely been making sure that they get oh, you know man, what I'm saying, I ain't even see that comment it's just, it's just that's what I'm saying like, like everybody's yeah. on the same page and so yeah. just definitely it's some, some nuggets it, it, the shit is, when you're able to know when you hear dog whistles you 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 know what you're hearing yeah yeah it don't it don't matter the language that you use to di- to disguise the dog whistle. That's why I say it's the t- they took our job shit, right? It's the and and this is this is why even even French, yeah, this is this is why even French conservatism lit like reproduces the same conservatism that we deal with. This is what's know. fucked up. This is what's fucked up about it though. In the United States, black people are not immigrants. We're not. We we can't even the idea of black people can't even black people can't even migrate because they are African migrants. Black people are U.S. citizens. Like we just a part of the foundation of America mm-hmm. as white people. But ain't it fucked up that the narrative is situated around a theory that is xenophobic and anti-immigration, but the motherfuckers that suffer the consequences of this theory ain't even immigrants. Yeah, black so, people not my, like we we you are not. There isn't an African migrant crisis. Y'all talk the the my, the 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 the, uh, the the voters that they that they saying that Democrats are replacing white voters. They saying they doing it with illegal aliens. We got social security numbers, born with them. Yeah. Why are black people be that's the and as much as the media is talking about uh the, like this the great replacement theory and the role that is playing in this incident taking place. Why are we not connecting the dots with yo? But these aren't immigrants. To, these to are people that, that are, are replacing any these like these are citizens of the United States. But you know, not even the, when you do the I feel like when you do the when you do your historical political analysis, I will argue that black people have always been pawns, fungible objects, you feel me, little bitty pieces to be able to posture with and be able to say, like because to me in, in America, every time white Republicans and white Democrats get into it. They always use black body and black suffering, you feel me, to posture at each other. Think about it. When 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 Abe, when Abe Lincoln passed the Emancipation Proclamation, nigga didn't really even feed free the slaves. It was about him using black people as a piece of war, you feel me, to make a point. You know what I mean? When you read the manifesto, the dude is making a point to the Democrats. He's talking shit to Democrats, but he mm. used black death to make a point to Democrats. 
You see what I'm saying? Hey, I seen a post today. This last time I saw this little right here that really made me think of some shit. It's been more white liberals that came out to condemn Will uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock than there have been white liberals that came out to condemn replacement theory and or specifically talking about what happened in Buffalo. So for me, it's just seeing a whole bunch of cap in the rap that you have selective moral outrage and we still see that you get to not be held accountable. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an educator. I'm in the classroom. They literally say, I can't say anything that smells like critical race theory for the potential of it hurting somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. Nigga, the, nigga, the replacement theory has been used, fam, in, in literally at least six mass shootings since Trump has been in office. Mm-hmm. And it's being and it's being spewed on a public platform, you know what I'm saying, from Tucker Carson and all the rest of the conservative talking heads. It's rough. Yeah, I I just think that um, and and I guess this, I'm I actually I'm glad that you pointed that out because I told you I want you to I want you to chime in on this because you the eloquent motherfucker of the group. Sure. The, uh, the Maya Angelou. Sure. Um. <laughs> Appreciate you, Margo. Hey, Margo said that Kyle Rittenhouse case has a little to dumb saying, like, you know what I mean? Gay, gay. Basically, how I interpret her, her comment, Kyle Rittenhouse case put the battery in the back or charged the batteries in the backs that was already in these young white men and being like, mm-hmm. oh, we get it. We can we can be seen as a martyr and a, oh, sign me up. Yeah. It, it, and let's not it, forget, it, it, let's not forget, let's not forget that the law, right, it, the law let off Kyle Rittenhouse this young man pled not guilty, y'all. Can yeah. I? Can we go ahead and, and just? I want to make sure y'all clear. They <laughs> killed ten people and told the people that he didn't. He's not guilty he, of the charges. He wrote nigger on his gun and wrote, "Here's reparations on the barrel." I mean, on the on the on the on the back of the gun. And looked him dead in the face and said, "I didn't do it." So I just. Oh. Can, can we talk about how we judge niggas that, that get arrested for showing guns on live? Can we judge niggas that get arrested for doing, you know what I'm saying, stupid criminal shit on live? And then sit up here and say, this white boy took an assault rifle, went into a grocery store with a GoPro. Yeah, Think about that. That's another level of voyeurism, bro. It is. You, you want to go, bro? Yeah. Hey, I'm be real with y'all. I want to go off right now in a minute where it's like, I want to shout out to you. I just want to shout out. We got somebody from Buffalo in here. My bad. Just want to shout out Eli. We're definitely talking about what's been going on in your city. Hey, shout, shout out, out to you. Eli. Shout out to Eli. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to acknowledge that. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Eli. The thing I really wanted is kind of go off on, and this is definitely right here. I'm put this in our private chat. We at 35, 11, 35, 12. Hey, to the black conservatives, let's just come in real fast. I try to be quick about this shit. I try to be real quick about this shit. Peep game, free thinkers. Peep game, you're not stuck in the past and you don't believe in racism. Recognize that there was some good black conservatives that was in Buffalo that was in a supermarket. When that white boy went through that supermarket, was he asking, so who are you registered to vote for? Was he asking, are you a good American? Was he asking, do you kneel for the flag? Was he asking, did you vote for Donald Trump? He was popping niggas when he seen niggas. He wasn't asking them. So do do you do your research and do you know that Donald Trump is the way, the truth, and the light? And you can be, he didn't say none of that shit. You support your life. Guns, if you guns, support guns. Joe Biden, I won't shoot you. But if you support Joe Biden, I'm gonna shoot. that's not what, what? took place. Hey, the only, not what hey, the only thing he did was say, 
I'm sorry to the white guy. He didn't say, hey, I'm sorry, black man. I see you with your mega hat on. He didn't say that shit. So the next time you conservative clout chasing, a uh, 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 shit flinging, white supremacist sympathizing, anti-black apologists start talking that shit, you remember that every time these folks start getting batteries in their back and go to black spaces and places, they not interrogate niggas on what their politics is, what their yeah. personality is. Consciously, oh, stop being on We only care about if you're a good person. If you're a good person, good things happen to you. No, they don't. Look at everybody. Yeah, nigga, keep that same energy when they, no, they go to that area and shoot that motherfucker up. That part. Hey, uh, I, and this here, I think Lance John makes a, a great point when he says, I believe he said that because he doesn't believe he didn't kill humans. Exactly, exactly. That has to be something that's normalized. That has to, that's something that's something you socialize to believe. You know what I mean? Like that's that that type of that type of relationship is much deeper than the actual action itself. I'm right? sorry, so pessimism of humanity, and I think that's what makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Was that you apologize for inciting fear, for frightening? For putting a person whom you see the humanity like, because uh, no human should be that afraid. So I'm sorry, I pointed a gun at you. I'm sorry that you felt like you 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 were caught up in this. Has nothing to do with you, right? But as I shoot indiscriminately through the rest of the store, this has nothing to do with you, right? The thought process, the cognitive uh, hoops and hurdles, the dehumanization, the 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 white supremacy. It just it is grotesque. Well, wow. said, fuck them other niggas, cause I'm down. Fuck my niggas. Fuck them other niggas. That's what he did, basically. And it's just like I, I seen that. And because there's so many ways to just really think about this shit, it's like, hey, peep game. I'd never forget this. When I was 15 years old, I watched Tupac's Resurrection documentary. You feel me? I watched this documentary, and it really empowered me. You know what I'm saying? I'd never forget this shit. Tupac we had this incarcerated. <laughs> Tupac is incarcerated, and he's being interrogated about lyrics that he that, that he said. In 95, that another per the judge said, hey, this individual in a whole nother state created violence against law enforcement, and he cited your lyrics, and we want to hold you accountable for your lyrics. Hey, Pete mm -hmm. Game, when they start coming in, hey, black on black culture, and you, hey, they're talking about the rap music we listen to. They're talking mm -hmm. about the images that we consume, and they say that that is the reason why we do what we do, how we do what we do. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? They don't have mm -hmm. that same energy when it comes to them. And I keep on going. Think about it. Black mm -hmm. women get blamed for every dysfunctionality in the black community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No caring get blamed for mass shooters or white supremacists. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That nigga, hey, 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 I got a partner. His his mama got ridiculed for him selling dope. His mama didn't tell him to sell dope. You know. But hey, listen, KBTX, where I'm from in Brown, Texas, they ain't give a damn about that. They said the mama didn't do some shit. An 18-year-old has the has all the resources to get all this military equipment. And we not asking those type of questions. Yeah. It's wild. Well. Uh, um, I want to move to this point, like now that we're talking about this, the like the, the political part of it. Um, and that is. Oddly enough, right? Like we hear a lot of criticism of Democrats. I feel like the the criticism of Democrats be trash, and Democrats oh, have a lot shit. to be critical for, right? Like it, it's a lot of ways. I think I think like the idea that we should be critical of Democrats because we've been voting for them for so long and nothing has happened. That's not a good 
criticism, right? But yeah, let me know what y'all think about this. Toya is usually the rational one. She, I, I usually, I, I call Toya and be like, "Hey, Toya, let me let me ask you something." And then she, usually, she knows that I'm that you know I'm gonna need her honesty in this moment. But I really feel like the bullshit that did, no, for real, that's how that's really how it happens. You know that, Joy. The bullshit that that uh, that Democrats create their when they try to build their moral high ground on, mm-hmm. we end up suffering the consequences. Oh God, every time, like every time, Democrats are like, "This is something we want to be against." Right? The people that are against Democrats are so against Democrats that they take that shit to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. I, I think a, a unique thing about. What, what was going on with this white boy is like when we was talking about his rifle, it had a lot of writing on it. There's an image of his rifle that's showing a lot of writing on it. On the right. butt of his gun, mm-hmm. on the butt of his gun, it says, here's your reparations. Here's your reparations. Yeah, I mean, that's something that Democrats have been pandering to. Mm-hmm. We saw Donald Trump be elected with the most moral outrage back in 2016, right? This is post-Obama. It's a new America. Donald Trump shouldn't be the front runner, and he won. But it, ha- it it was based on conservatives' approach to oh, Democrats are against this. Mm-hmm. We a hundred percent for it. Yeah. So when we talk, when we look at things like like how they're making a big deal out of replacement theory, for example, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, please, I want y'all honest assessment. But I feel like this only makes this only makes the replacement theory something more dangerous, because the more Democrats give it uh, airtime, talk about it, create outrage around it, then that that allows for people who wasn't even attached to like the hot like these things. Because again, this came from a French dude, so you had to be tapped in, even as a conservative, to to understand this. But I feel like now shit like the replacement theory. Is 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 gonna get legs and and people are gonna have more of an uh develop more of an affinity to it because whatever Democrats are on a high road against mm-hmm. that's exactly what the motherfuckers that are like conservatives and and uh, libertarians that's exactly what they embrace and they turn it up. And this is it up. I think it's not unique though in this instance. Okay, what's up? Because. Because before, because I would argue that this is the first time that Democrats have started to, Democrat media has started to highlight the replacement theory explicitly. However, the, 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 the dog whistles and the verbiage and language of the replacement theory can be traced in all of the manifestos since Trump. So we know that the replacement theory is already being used to fuel mass violence, regardless of Democrats saying it's bad or not. In this instance, I see it as power is the ability to define the phenomenon and make it act in a desired manner to make it where us people that do not know that what it is and cannot identify it now know it when we hear it. In my mind, it's like, hey, this dog whistle, it's already been whistling. It's already yeah. been whistling before we gave it. And that's the reason why it was so great, because it was such a under, you feel me, dog whistle that was like, hey. I'm not saying replacement theory. I'm just saying we want to keep our jobs in America. I'm not saying replacement theory. I'm just saying this. So for me, it's like, yeah, that the to, to me, it's like conservative contradictions on the victimization shit. But it's also just to make this point, it's like it, it to, to me, it's better in terms of education. Like, yeah, hey, if, if you're gonna let them use the uh the, the replacement theory against us, you might as well educate us on what it is. They've been using it since 2016. We just so, hear so about it now on, on, in, in, in 2022. 
Well, so okay, so real quick, Toya, because uh, well, take on it, and I don't know if I'm agreeing or disagreeing with uh, consciously or agreeing or disagreeing with you. I think my I, I, maybe I'm agreeing with you, plug, because I think well, I don't know. I don't think I'm agreeing or disagreeing with anybody. Here's my statement. Here's what I have to say. <laughs> okay. I Maybe think the conversations about naming things are valid because in the hands of conservatives, when they get mm. names of shit, it allows for them to very easily kind of group and scoop everything about it. So they it loses all of its intricacy. It looks all it loses all of its elements. And then they flip the language and use it to uh, ridicule an agenda. Right. So CRT, we know it has levels and layers. It's complex, got a lot of size to it. It's a whole lot more than what meets the eye, but they've been able because we named it, because we call it something and because we've normalized it in our conversations. They take it, they hijack it, they use it. We know that gaslighting is a tactic and technique of individuals in dominant positions of power to put people in subjugated positions of power in a place where they don't believe that their own experiences, that they've been that they that then they start to understand or feel like that they don't understand what's happening to them and that they are not credible enough to speak to their own experiences. But what happens? White people get to or conservatives rather get to hijack what gaslighting is and use it in these really weird, awkward ways to forward their agendas mm. or to verbalize their shit. And so what happens and what the fear is when we start naming things more officially, not that it doesn't need names, but that it gives them then material to take and to obfuscate and to obscure in ways that then makes their agenda look like something, makes their talking point. It shapes all their talking points. Now they mm-hmm. either misuse the language or they use it to then yeah. uh, kind of poke holes at or to very in a very what is the word the, the phrase? There's an argument in the fallacy. Uh, uh, what's the what's the fallacy? We talked about it. Straw man, man, your argument, right? A straw man argument is when individuals respond to the strongest version of your argument in the weakest way. They take the stronger version of your argument and water it down and attack the attack. Well, they answer arguments you didn't make. They literally literally respond to arguments that you did not make. So when you start making arguments about replacement theory, when you start making arguments about how we understand the shifting and the, 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 the intricate ways that white supremacy functions, they take it. Uh, and then put that treatment to it, and now all of a sudden we don't—we're not really having a functional conversation about anything anymore because they do what they do with language when they do it. Hey, Dama, I think she just gave us a type of permutation for some reason. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. I don't think she disagreed with either one of us. Yeah, like, I yeah. That's what I was like, I have to. I don't think I, I think should capture like that. I'm just saying. Actually, um, <laughs> that, that 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 words are important, and that you yeah. know that Democrats are able to. Uh, Give the give Republicans words to attack yeah. and obfuscate and do this, that, and the other, but also yeah, yeah. recognizing that we get the power to also do that with words. That's how, that's that's how, I, how, I, right. that's how I see that. You feel me? Like it cut both ways. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, all right. So, Yancey, George Yancey, shout out to my Thank you, Margo. Friend. By the way, Margo said uh, they on the way out, but we definitely appreciate you. Appreciate you, Margo. Definitely appreciate, appreciate you for the support and the engagement. Um, so, 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 okay. So, that labeling aspect, so Toya, what Toya, what you're saying is that labeling aspect is is a powerful tool because it allows us to highlight how things are functioning, regardless. Because like, because I, I think that that does that works with George's argument because George is saying that it that it's not unique, right? This is already a a idea, and I and I think I said it was not unique too, right? When I when I was talking about the xenophobia shit, like it's the the they take our jobs argument is that yeah. it's. It's something that's just taking a different label. Uh, but, but, I think, but I think I think the uniqueness though is more so it it empowers our ops when Democrats take up what they think is our fight. But 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 we already know that the way the conservatives are set up, whatever yeah. the 
inevitably the Democrats are going to be in opposition to something. Conservatism already is going to champion and celebrate whatever the Democrats want to be in opposition of because they believe that they are crazy. So inevitably, whatever they're going to be in opposition of, it's always the conservatives going to always use it as some way to fuel and or you feel me mobilize people. So I think that they can't be the bright that they can't really be that. No, but 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 I, even even if it's like because I, I give you the fact that it's not unique, right? But I think that, but I, I think we, because enough black people are fed up with Democrats. Like, let's just be real. Like, that's because it's because, right. So, but, but what happens is when they become fed up with Democrats, they start making conservative talking points. And that shit don't help either. You feel me? Because it's, it, it starts feeding into the, into the same political ideology that's, that's just as, if not more, counterproductive to what it is that we want in the first place. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. we don't uh, we don't we end up not aligning with conservatives about anything else other than fuck Democrats. True. Right? And so when like I like again, the the replacement theory conversation with this particular incident was situated around the uh, uh white people this white boy feeling like Democrats are actively replacing white voters. Right? We suffered the consequences from that though. Like that was something that that had an impact on us. Like he went and killed ten black people, not ten immigrants. And, and again, mm-hmm. I'm now I'm pleased. Not validating. I'm not that. Hoping, yeah, I'm not validating. I'm not saying he should have did that. To, he should have did it at yeah. all. Yeah. We we have we have what he was mad about, and then who suffered the consequences? Absolutely. And and the one thing like when I, y'all know if y'all go back to my original political plug content, it was I'm not a Democrat. I'm black. And I used to say that so people could distance my talking points from democratic talking points. But now I feel like we, like we really, it's an imperative to distance black people from Democrats because the people that, that are in, in, incensed by Democrats, the people that Democrats are enraging that they, that they, you know, getting up in arms about, they're getting violent because of Democrats and taking it out on us. Yeah. Agreed. But you know why though now though? Now I thought about this shit, this conversation. We can wrap it up. It's the last thing I say on the conversation or whatever on this. I know we've been on this for an hour now. We posted 30 minutes. Right. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we still we still we got enough time though. We good. Yeah, but yeah. but but what I'll say is I recognize that if a white conservative really if a if yeah, if a white conservative alt-right person goes into a, goes into a white liberal space. And open fires on white liberals because they're liberal. We're now talking about civil war. Hmm. That's what it is. And that's the reason why black people always already are seen as the sacrificial lambs to make a point. Yeah, because anything, anything, any other escalation of that is that white on white, that white on white violence. That then is all of a sudden not even about proximity, but it really is a civil war. This is the, this now really, is that's, not, that's really what I'm arguing. Really, like, that, that's the rubber has been the road. Yeah, I feel like I've been I feel like I've been saying this though. I've been, I that's feel like I've been why. saying that the, that the the because when we talk about like white on white, but like when 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 I frame soft Democrat, thank you, Marcel. <laughs> when, when when I frame Democrats versus Republicans as white on white violence. We're talking about civil war, right? We're talking about that, like the, the the fight amongst amongst them, though. So, I mean, like hey, every one of those out. manifestos, too. So, we clear every one of those manifestos has been a act of or a declaration of war against of war. Democrats. 
against Democrats. They, they use Mexicans in El Paso and you feel me, Latino people in El Paso, you feel me, and black people in Buffalo and the people that, that happened in that city and the people that happened in that city, they've been using them to posture like, oh, these the niggas, we think these the bodies y'all using to get in office. This is the reason why I office anyway, because y'all getting mm-hmm. these people to vote for y'all. If I limit our mm-hmm. limit, then we'll take y'all power. In yeah. the event that a crazy white person goes and opens fire on another crazy white person and said that I did it because you 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 the ops we are now talking about a civil war yeah um uh I, I guess, Rico, I don't and we can go to the Rico, yeah, no. I'm thinking about why these why these white folks are gonna Rico yet and it's thinking oh, about no, all right, all right, like hold on let me close out my shit you right. know what I'm saying but, <laughs> like, I but, the, um, I've, been, I've been sitting on this part because I know we're about to get in talking about the Rico, and I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like, man, I read the whole eighty-eight page indictment, nigga. We about to get there. Let me close out of uh, 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 this pussy. Uh because because I because because I say this like black people, it's okay to be it's a, it's okay to be critical of Democrats. Just make sure that you're not being informed about the motherfuckers that's empowering the same people that are encouraging. Uh, what we saw in Buffalo, right? Let's let's do more. Like, let's black people get guns. And I'm in YouTube. I'm not saying this to be violent, but if YouTube algorithm, if y'all could, Second Amendment, I know, but if y'all AI is smart enough to recognize what's being said, please be smart enough to recognize that when we keep seeing these type of incidents take place in, as it was quoted, soft targets, our elders, we got to be strapped to protect ourselves. This isn't a question of of like us. I'm not, I'm not call, I'm not even calling for rebellion. I'm literally saying like, yo, they're pulling up to our churches and grocery stores and shooting us. Be strapped, mm-hmm. Toya. What's up? Nothing. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. a whole right. other conversation for another. It opens up a whole other can of worms. A whole other can of worms. So, uh, so we go, we go, we go. This conversation isn't finished, but we got to put a pin in it for right now. We do have more to talk about before we close out. We're gonna go ahead and transition over um, to the conscious chop, consciously. Uh, let's get it, bro. Hey, uh, did you ever? Um, can, can, uh, while I while I talk, can you cue that video up? Yeah, I can cue it up. Yeah, yeah. bet. So uh, we know that uh, last week um, through the airwaves. We we all was kind of shocked by the Rico charges that got hit with the uh, YSL hip hop group in you know in Atlanta, Fulton County. Um, we know that there was a, a 88 page indictment of like I think a 56 counts. Um, I think 20 20 some people I think got charged. Um, we know that 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 uh, young thug is being charged. It's basically uh, like the boss, the head person, uh, this person that you know commissioned all the crime. And you know it just makes you uh, beg the question of how much how much can corporations profit be the main profiteer off of like you know lyrics that's 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 inciting crime and that's mm-hmm. what i'm thinking i'm thinking of that but also thinking of in terms of responsibility and culpability what we do in the hip-hop community when we have these types of crimes that happen in our you feel me in our communities and how we can t- uh, talk about them. Um, I do want to be careful. I'm a person that like to be. You feel me in Atlanta, so I want to be make make sure we're talking about an open case. You feel me? It's it's very sensitive. You know what I'm saying? We know that the uh, uh, young thug got a couple of kids. You feel me? They just lost their mother a few weeks ago, and now are battling. You feel me? Gonna be looking at losing. You know what I'm saying uh, potentially losing that father. So we want to be kind of you know what I'm saying sensitive in what we're talking about and how we're talking about. But just curious. You, you, you said what? 
You said we got we just, we just got we gonna we gonna be respectful how we yeah, be respectful dialogue. and nigga politics full in effect. You feel me? Just being real. It's, this is a it's the, the chop up. We three niggas. We you know what I'm saying. But just to bridge the last conversation and this conversation, you know, before we get into the specificities of Rico, why do you think it is easier? to charge YSL or charge hip hop with Rico and not like white supremacist KKK. Uh, is, it obvious? is it obvious or not? Um, I, th- I think, I think it's obvious. Um, it, 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 it depends on the effort of the people in charge of law enforcement. Like the one thing that I know as some, as somebody who's a, who studies law, who really pays attention to how all of this shit functions, uh, it law is really all about interpretation. Um, it, uh, it's, it's 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 like a it's, you know how they say you know guns don't kill people. People with guns kill people. You feel me? Like the law is as biased and as um you know disrespectful and as racist as the people who who control it. Uh, and so while it's easy, it's easy to to apply because Rico was. And we'll talk about how Rico was created. But it's it's easy to apply Rico over all types of things that that could encourage or entice or push an individual to commit a particular act of crime. But mm-hmm. there has to be an incentive on the part of the people in control of the justice system to enact it in ways outside of the, the things that they deem necessary. White people don't view the KKK as a threat. White people don't view the KKK as something that's a, that could be a detriment to their lively, like to, to their existence. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why there's a different. That's why there's a such thing as a migrant crisis and not a racist crisis. Right. Like if, if black people were going around causing mass shootings then there would be a race crisis then. But because it's white people doing it, this is just white angst that yeah. plays out in very spectacular instances. Right. But we have to remember that what we see in Buffalo and what we see in, in San Bernardino and what we see in Orlando and what we see in all of these instances of, of mass shootings is the normalization of a hatred of a people playing out in its worst forms. Yeah. Right. But but these things exist on the spectrum. You know what I mean? And so in order for the in order for the KKK to suffer the same consequences as the mafia or gangbangers or drug dealers, the the uh, justice system that demonizes black people, brown people within those systems also have to see uh, white terrorists in that same light, and because they don't, they don't suffer them consequences. Agree. When I when I think about this question, like why do black people get char- get hit with RICO charges versus white people who have collectivized? You, black. you see that, Kim? You? I mean, just the obvious. And I mean, Kim, <laughs> that was the answer. Two seconds into George, kind of putting it out there was <laughs> hello, right? But here's the. Here's After the I asked, I was like, it's obvious. It's, it's obvious, but it makes me think of this thing, George, and, and, and I mean, consciously, and you and I have had, we had this experience together. Um, so I want to take you back to Baltimore. One of our summers back in Baltimore at the ECLI, we were walking to the store. You know, we were making our store runs, kind of trying to make sure we had what we need, uh, needed for the day and for the evenings and stuff like that. And I feel like we were, it was a group of us, and we would be walking around with other groups of niggas. And we had made the observation that when one or two Black people together, it's just a couple people. Or just a, a just a couple people, but if any more than two black people together, you know who it is. You know what they gonna say? They seen down the street around the corner. You know if somebody come. Hey, who, who's back there? It's a bunch of. 
anything bunch. over two black people it's a bunch is a bunch and not just a bunch but a bunch of niggas it could be three it could be niggas. three black folk together whatever whatever but the the literal aesthetic the affect they create the the notion of what they're capable of the insidiousness behind not knowing their agenda it literally multiplies right the danger that they radiate it literally like just just by by leaps and bounds starts to oversaturate and exaggerate the perception of danger and a crime yeah. that they have so a whole bunch of white people together is just a whole bunch of people it's not even it's only a whole bunch of white people community go even niggas will say it's a bunch of niggas over there it could be three but even we know how to communicate when we, we indoctrinated by anti-blackness even us as black folks man we gonna Listen. bunch us up in a minute and so when you think about just perceptually what it looks like to see a whole bunch of white people united and collected and together and functioning as a unit it's never this notion of an exaggerated amplified perception of wrongdoing or fear fear it's always the normalization probably how it should be probably some good meaning well-intentioned white people making plans to secure their future and the future of their offspring right completely legitimate whatever that looks like whatever that looks like by the way securing the future of their all that that can be in some of these conservative churches it could be in a kkk meeting it could be online in some of these online spaces where we talk it could be on these new social media platforms george trump i mean george trump donald trump and them are trying to build up Right, but they're they're just white people collecting and talking about the best interest of them and securing their future for themselves and their offsprings. But when niggas do it, it's a bunch of niggas, (laughs) a bunch of niggas cooking up something. That is a scary thought. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's the connection that I make. Anything past, remember this stuff. Rule of thumb, y'all. Two, it's a couple couple people, couple black people. More than two. Because it look if it's just two, a bunch of niggas. If it's just two, it's a nigga and accomplice. It's a nigga and accomplice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So y'all, yeah. that, that's easy to keep track of. When it's a bunch of niggas, that's niggas that can run into the stove, grab some shit, and leave and go whatever oh, yeah. direction. You don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And keep watch oh, yeah. and whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's a scary, that's a frightening thought for a lot of people. But hey, I, I got I think, I think that what's important, though, to keep this conversation you know, on, on Shimmy is that uh, when we think about hip hop culture, it, it goes without, you feel me, acknowledging that it's been heavily, heavily, heavily impacted by mob culture. You feel me? It was a point in time, especially like in the 90s, where every rapper had some type of mob's name. We had the we had the uh Luca Brassis, the Capones, we had the the Scarface, yeah. We had the Scarface, we had all these come from the European mob culture which brings us to this whole history of the rico uh damo uh, before damo plays the video it's important that we recognize first the history of the rico so we recognize and, and, and see the reason why they created it because it was a unique way and why they structured the law in the way they did and think about how though it has been used the origin of it was used to criminalize white mobsters and white gangsters how the whole gangstification of the law and black people has been used and in modern day terms. We only think about Rico in terms of gangsters. And when we say the word gangster in modern terms, it always mm-hmm. already means black people. But when the law was curated, you see, it was curated for the Italian mob, the 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 French mob, or whatever mob, whatever mob. But uh he gonna play the video. The video gonna give us more of it, and we're gonna jump into the restaurant. Uh who, 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 who we who we giving credit to? Who is this joint? 
it says uh, uh, it says uh, it'll say anything. I, I said after yeah, I get the credit, I don't remember exactly, but it said anything. Right, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure to put the credit in the description. The so, like what is a RICO charge, and what does it mean for Young Thug and YSL? To begin, RICO stands for Racketeer, Influence, and Corrupt Organizations. So essentially, the government's answer to organized crime. It's important to know that during the 20th century, organized crime ran rampant, but specifically the Italian Mafia. And the reasons being why was because it was extremely hard to get rid of the boss. Because before 1970, you can only charge somebody if they were directly involved with the crime which is all said and done for that one individual person. But when working with crime syndicates, there are multiple people at multiple levels, just like a corporation. And as long as the boss is still on top, everything keeps running smoothly. But the trick is the boss and the high level officials don't actually commit the crimes themselves. They just order them out. So if you can't prove that they are the ones who committed the crime, then the next best thing is to prove that they are the ones who ordered it. And remember, the goal at the end of the day is to get to the top of the hierarchy. And because of which, there are a lot of crimes that fall under the RICO Act. There could be drug and human trafficking. There could be murder, extortion, illegal gambling. Of course, racketeering. Essentially, as long as the government's able to piece out who is involved, draw connections between all of them, they are able to formulate a map of said syndicate and slowly work their way to the top. And that's why there's two main components when taking into consideration a RICO case. The first is government informants are extremely essential. They are essentially the tour guide of the activities of the gang. And even then, everything takes an extremely long time. Which leads me to my second point, time. Rigo cases take an extremely long time to piece together. As you can imagine, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of information to flush out. And at the end, everything is about piecing everything together. So a lot of RICO cases take years, sometimes decades, to develop. So with that being said, prosecutors are determined that they cross all their T's and dot all their I's before they send down indictments. So with all that being said, that leads to the reputation that RICOs have. And that reputation is if you are convicted, you are going to be spending the rest of your life in jail. This man right here, Carmine Persico, was the boss of the Colombo crime family. All said and done was sentenced to 139 years in prison. Genovese boss, Fat Tony, was sentenced to over 100 years in prison. And that's kind of the thing about Ricos. They don't just charge you with years, they charge you with decades and scores. So what does that mean for Young Thug? Essentially, the DA's office believes that he is at the top of a crime syndicate, where they believe that Thug has sent out orders, even put out hits, and even has aided in shootings. The reason why people are just so up in arms is because they don't send down indictments until they feel like they're ready. Even though this is at a state level, they all essentially work within the same capacity and the expectations really the same. They're not going to go after you until they know they have you. Regardless, if he takes a plea or if he goes to trial, we're not going to be seeing him for a really long time as Ricos take a lot of time before they even get started. This really sucks because I love Young Thug. But if Italian godfathers aren't able to get out of these, I'm not entirely sure what it looks like for him. By the way, that was some Sunny Baby, S O N N Y B A B I E, Sunny Baby on TikTok. Sunny Baby. Uh, the, the, what I would add to that, that that he didn't speak to, is that uh, Rico was popularized by Rudy Giuliani, actually. Rudy? Rico, Rudy, yes. Rico was actually a, uh, people didn't know how to use it. Like it was, it was a law that they had on the books, but it wasn't. It wasn't interpreted the way that that, it, that it's used for Young Thug until Rudy Giuliani started going after the mafia, because that's how they that's how they then were able to include damn near everything under racketeering, right? So like if if you are in charge of a criminal enterprise, telling people what to do, you are then held responsible for that act in, in and of itself. That's why federal cases typically like what he was describing take as long as they do. Because it requires that dip, that type of diligence, right? You know, if the feds got you, 
they got something on you. You know what I'm saying? They're not pulling up until they got enough to, to at least sit you down for a little bit, right? And so what Rudy Giuliani was able to do is because you had people like Scarface who they didn't get him on like none of the, the mob shit. They got him on tax evasion, right? So up until that point, it was like, can we catch him in a financial crime? Rudy Giuliani was able to take the Rico statue and interpret it in a way that fit the crime, uh, fit uh, 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 like cr- uh, organizations, and make it to where uh, being that being in leadership actually put you in a position to, uh, yeah, uh, to to put you in a position to if you are part of the leadership, then you responsible. Uh, so that, so that's 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 actually where Rudy Giuliani got popular enough to become the New York mayor because he was able to run on the fact that he was the person that shut down the mob using the Rico statue. So young thug, you know, look like they just kind of fuck, man. I mean, like it's bad, man. It's bad. Like I mean, they, they own it. They own it. He, I mean, at the very least, he could have never picked up a gun in his life. And this is what really Rudy Giuliani wanted. But he literally was like, "Y'all ain't shoot them niggas. Y'all ain't beat them niggas up." Like these are recorded conversations that he's asking. Like, what's that the problem? With me, man. Yeah, and so, and I, I want to point out this this comment from Mongo Slave because it is not even that. You know, a, a lot of times you ignorance of the law does is, does not assuage your responsibility for it. Um, but at the same time, one of the things that came out that Mago Slade pointed out was that he got warnings. I watched the interview and it made me gain a lot of respect for Wallow. I didn't know nothing about. I knew slightly, very, like very lightly uh, about Wallow. Wallow. And, and uh, what's the, what's the dude he be with? Gilly the kid. Gilly the yeah, kid. Yeah, Gilly the kid. I knew very little about them kind of uncles of the day. I knew Gilly from like two thousand, early two thousands. Yeah, beef, he beef for Wayne. Yeah. My knowledge was light, but when I sat and I watched him sit in the studio, it was like him and Thug and like 15 other niggas, maybe 20, just packed out in there. And he spoke from his soul. He cried. He talked about his time being in jail. He talked about the position he put his family in. He talked about, you know what I'm saying, the uniqueness of his situation, him getting his life back and how you the loneliness. And you they zoomed in on Thug when they talked about the loneliness you feel. You know what I'm saying? So you 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 look at these people or our people in the positions that they are put in and the way that they are targeted. I'm gonna call it target and call it what it is. Disproportionate by the law, how they've inherited the worst parts of laws that were constructed and developed for white folk. But you know, it's rough because the writings on the wall weren't not not there. You know what I'm saying? Like there there were there were attempts and times for people to show you just how serious it is. And I, I don't want to let it. You know, we're having a nuanced conversation. We're talking family business right now. But when I think about these cases and I think about, um, you know, the potential of the football numbers and everybody else in the whole group and how stuff is happening to them and stuff like that, we got to acknowledge the fact that it's like, I think that the prosecutor said it's like 50 plus black men who didn't make it home off of decisions made by YSL. So we got to leave space for that in the world of realities and kind of talk about the nature of, you know, while criminal systems are fair and, you know, unequal and unforgiving and unrelenting on black folk that, you know, there's a level of consciousness that is being had about some of these decisions, and it did lead to to, to 50 plus. I think like 51, 52 black black men not yeah. making it back to their families, uncles, daddies, brothers, cousins, kinfolk, best friends, yeah. um, who at the behest of YSL no longer exist here. So I do, I do want to put that out there for free, even though that's not the major part of what we're talking about right there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a part of it though. It's a to me, I think that that's a part of me knowing that Atlanta is a predominantly black city. 
or a city that got a lot of black people in it, there are a lot of black people that feel some type of way about gang violence and about the YFN versus YSL beef. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That led to a lot of bullets being shot or this, that, and the other. You feel me? And it's just recognizing, like, how though we have this real, real rigid relationship to the law where it fuck us over, how some instances where we have to rely on the law to try to keep us safe. I think that that's that that has been like the uh, the uh, the the interesting thing that from watching this got mm-hmm. a black prosecutor, black yeah. you know what I'm saying going after this and it's just like mm, very interesting, very interesting, very interesting, very interesting. So I mean, I guess what then as we look at this, I want to because when I think about this and I don't even think I've heard the whole full song, I just kind of know the concept and the theory behind it. But Chameleon their song, Hip Hop Police. Right. When I think about this whole situation, uh, you, the, the fact that none of this is unique, the fact that organized crime exists in a lot of communities, a lot of cultures, we see it all across the board. But it seems like hip hop uniquely is being policed. Uh, I guess I want to pose the question to y'all. And it's an age old question. You know, the, the craft, the art of, of hip hop music, uh, of rapping, you know, is an artistic form. It's a form of expression and all of those things. But do you feel like Niggas is just, not only do we have this, this content and this material that's spurring violence in our communities, let's be honest, it's encouraging and motivating, you know, people to make decisions they might not make otherwise, uh, but they also tell them on themselves. So do you think this, this, this is enough of a wake up call for people to change their approach to how they play in the game? Or do you feel like hip hop should stay with us doing what it's already doing? No, I mean, I feel like if niggas didn't learn from like whatever the last 20 years, you know what I mean? Like, because like, I I feel like it's when 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 it's mark when this type of shit is marketable. It's it's the double edged sword. Like I love hip hop. Like I I'll go as far as arguing that hip hop culture, rap culture, that's all. That's that is the culture of black people. Rap is the evolution of our music and our art forms and our poetry and the way that we connect. You know what I'm saying with each other. But it is the commercialization of these things that ends up that people ignore the art and, and, and embrace more of because like it was always about like rapping about like what we experienced like that was always the excuse it was like we rap about what we come from but then it's like when niggas start making millions and like they got they got houses in the suburb you know what i'm saying like they got houses 30 minutes away from niggas you feel me it's like okay like i, I can appreciate you talking about where you come from but then when you're when you proliferate in these like what you talk about in your music and like what impoverished people have to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think we run into like I think we run into a place where the culture has to be taken out of it. And and now, I because I do think it's a fine line between when we talk about the culture and personal responsibility. Um, and again, like like with with all the politics at play, you know what I mean, I ain't I ain't speaking on nothing. You know what I mean, like yeah, about any anybody's actions per se. But it's more so, you know, the, like yeah, the culture is the culture. You feel me? But it's it's you know, niggas is niggas though. Yeah, Lee, what you thinking? What's going on with you? I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the way that hip hop culture we understand it, we don't we ain't really get to control the programming of it a lot. We get to control like the aesthetics and the sounds and the and this that and the other. 
But I think about a lot of the documentaries and talks that I've seen from like, you know, Ice Cube before we got pissed off at him and shit like that. When he was talking about how a lot of the corporations did an active, you feel me, things to like kind of wipe out conscious music and wipe out those type of tropes. And I'm thinking about like, I'm um, saying both when Toy and you was talking, I was thinking about like in many instances, um, music, the music industry has, 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 has strategically made slave catching music and made it where mm-hmm. they get the benefit and, and monetize on both ends. I get to monetize on the, on, on this end and getting you to celebrate this shit. And I get to monetize on this end when I get you caught up and criminalized in it. So when I was first introduced in this topic and thinking about like the Rico, when I read that 88 page indictment, there are a lot of instances of using lyrics. I'm recognizing that in many instances, uh, Young Thug is not the main beneficiary of the lyrics that he writes. You see what I'm saying? Whatever, wh- whoever he's whoever he's signed to, because he's not, he, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they, whoever he's signed to, distribution and all this and all that and all this and all that. And you see what I'm saying? And thinking about like, hey, when I heard YG talk about a, a budget for marketing in terms of breaking a single, two of the, two of the songs that he, uh, he got indicted for was he was dancing to it on, on, on TikTok. So it's thinking about all the ads that was made from the major major radio, regional radio, local radio. They putting ads in between the songs and the content. You feel me? So I'm just thinking of like going, going back to that question, Damo, you know what I'm saying, posed about Twitch. It's like, shit, yes and no still, but it's like, damn. So if he getting charged for using criminal, for, 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 for like crime in his lyrics, and you made money off of his lyrics. Why aren't you implicated in the um, in the criminal? You feel me? Things. If if they're saying he used his lyrics to be able to create fear, use his lyrics yeah. to create territory, use his lyrics to be able to bolster his enterprise. Yeah. You help, not only did you help bolster your enterprise, you benefited. Yeah, from but it. For me, you know, I don't hey, know. It's the definition of Rico. It's the definition the of Rico. Of it because then I don't know. Because then that's the same justification that can be used to say you were a negligent, terrible mother. You were not present father. You are this, this, and that. So we're gonna come group and scoop you up because you could have taught them better. You should have told them better. You had an opportunity. You should have won it. So I don't know. And my biggest, and this is my biggest issue, right? When we think about what hip hop is and I and, and, and kind of how it functions and what it does for the culture. The question was asked and I posted it was a really good question from uh I'm a mispronounce your names, Sana. So I'm assuming it's like Dana, Sana, because it's spelled with an S instead of a D. Um, I might be wrong. But the question you pose is should there be culture? I'm sorry, I, I didn't know you was putting a, a comment bad, up. My bad, my bad, my bad. Her comment or their comment was should there be culture over consequence? And that is a question we have to ask ourselves. Culture for the sake of culture is working against us right now. Culture for the sake of culture and being defensive over things for the sake of saying we had it, we started it, this is ours, does not necessarily does not necessarily mean that it's good or healthy in its entirety, right? So when we look at the craft, a huge way that hip hop justifies itself is by saying storytelling. We got to be able to tell our stories. We got to be able to reflect. But plug, talk about the problem. And as you live thirty minutes outside of these communities, you're no longer there anymore. But you tell your shit in a very present tense. You tell your story and you, there's no disclaimer like, but you can get out, but you can leave. But there might be a little, you know what I'm saying, like interlude. There might be something in there while you do something weird and kind of talk about how you made it now. Or you use that as braggadocious lyrics and not like, hey, y'all, this is some shit I used to do, but look at where I'm at now. You can get out, never look back. I'm just kind of, there's none of that there. It's all implied. And I'm telling you now, when you leave it implied, niggas think it's happening and it happened yesterday. They think it happened three weeks ago. 
They think you actively gonna do this. And what we're finding out from YSL is that some niggas do. Some people yeah, unfortunately, yeah. and that's the biggest shame. Y'all came up, y'all, y'all gamed up, y'all next leveled it. Made it out the hood. Yeah. Still couldn't, couldn't leave it alone. Just couldn't turn it loose. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where there's the moment of in the mirror reflection that has to happen because the craft of the, is the craft and the game is the game and the beauty of storytelling and poetics and all that thing is, is valid in there. But we're we're forgetting to reveal. The you know what I'm saying the punchline to the joke we're forgetting to talk about the plot twist and how we made it yeah. out and how we get to be heroes in the end and that is what jacking us up you know what I'm yeah saying? I, like I feel like like I feel like we we because people say we big like win, when we talk win, big one big one if there a beauty just drop the, just drop some word big also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also yeah, think that for the people listening I also think a lot of these artists write their own eulogies without realizing it and it's, it's sad That's but it's yeah, that's a great point. Um, and because you know, like I think when 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 we're talking about you know just the average hustler, you know what I mean, like average nigga trying to make it, average nigga that was like like you know the nigga that raised me, you know what I'm saying, that was just like I don't really know nothing else but the streets. Like I think when when shit like Rico pop up or policing the way that they handle drugs and gangs, I think I think it's it, it I think we do need to have a conversation about racism and why. The white supremacy and over policing and, and those types of things and what makes the conditions that require niggas to feel like this is what I have to do. Right? It's it's difficult for me to say this, but I, I think it's it's hard to have the com- that same conversation when we talk about millionaires, mm. like because we we're not talking about you know what I'm saying like you know, uh you know like you know, him, him being. Uh, in a position of where this is what he felt was necessary. Thug been been topping charts since we was in college. Mm-hmm. He didn't see he didn't see he didn't see money that most people ain't never gonna see. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so the the conversation becomes difficult because then we like then we asking the question of Rico. It's like yeah, you know, it, does it does it have these racist implications to it? I think we can all agree that it that it does. Definitely does. But um, but does racism play a role when we're talking about people who who have the ability to distance themselves from making these decisions and then choose to still engage? I mean, we can say yes. Like I'm the type of nigga I am, I'm like, yeah, racism still plays a role. But you know, if we being honest, like we this far in we in 2022, like I remember, you know, people used to say the same shit about Tupac, and it was like Okay, you know, like nah, Pac, but Pac represent the people, and Pac, you know what I mean? Because it's like, well, why is Tupac still talking gang this, thugs this? Why mm-hmm. is Tupac stopping, stomping niggas out? You know what I'm saying? In in the at the MGM, you a millionaire? Yeah. You ain't got to do shit like that. You feel yeah. me? Yeah. So it, it, but but it's it's Pac though. So we we not we not asking the question. So it, it becomes it's a, it's a difficult, it becomes a difficult conversation. It is. I mean, and to add another layer onto it, right? You are you, there's a level of credibility, there's a little level of authenticity that you have to maintain, and so I think you probably, you know, I, I think there are just very few artists who have been able to walk the line where they keep their credibility, they're good in every hood, people know who they are and how they move, you know what I'm saying, whatever. But when it comes time to the business of handling whatever they handle, they own. It's a common, and I've seen this these videos a thousand times. It's a common understood. Uh, 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 just reality in hip hop culture that somebody who is is with that shit who will turn a head who will blaze a whole neighborhood MC Hammer 
right? But if you think about who he is, he's the kindest, most nicest, most big parachute fan. But literally, it's hip hop artists who are, who was, and I forget the video. This is a couple months ago. I've seen a couple of them. Uh, I seen I seen one with Warren G. Yeah, I seen one with Too Short. I seen some, I think, but uh, with, uh, with E40, a lot of the old school California mm-hmm. rappers, they tell like, you, nah, you know, anything about anything. The one nigga you not gonna uh, test, the man, no, no, red man. What, what, yeah. said something about him too. He was like, Hey, nigga, I think it became you know, another nigga that's like that for you. Fat Joe is another nigga like that, huh? Yo, fuck with fat, yeah, fat Joe. Like, I mean, well, I, you know, I know we, as much as we love, you know, you know, we have some conversations to have about his access to the word nigga. That's a different conversation for a different time. However, what we'll, what we'll talk about here for right now is, and my, 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 my ultimate point, because I think these conversations popped out when we saw Will Smith act a little bit out of character, right? And it's that you got to recognize that there is a world where you can walk that fine line with, with where you're not being tested and people not going to hold you and they can't treat you no type of way and people know what it is, but you're also able to elevate move beyond, transcend a lot of where you've been and still have that legitimacy and that credibility with the people whose opinions you really care about. It's just, as we've seen, a tight rope walk. You know what I'm saying? It's one that's a little bit more, maybe easier to say than done because if your line is still, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm still a little bit of this, that could backfire on you. You know what I'm saying? You got to kind of make your exit clear or you're going to get lost in the sauce, as Lee would say. So, yeah, I think I think I think Iggy, the the point that Iggy makes, uh, and shout out to Iggy, man, the homie. Iggy, definitely. Uh, he said he said that did they make it out, or do niggas feel like this is the same shit, different toilet? That more millionaires who grew up in the hood conditions and play a role in how one makes decisions. I, and, and that's why I say it's a difficult decision. You know what I mean? Because it's like you know how they say you can take the nigga out the hood, you take the hood out the nigga. You know what I mean? Like me personally, uh, I, I worked in I worked in um, Orange County, Costa Mesa. Uh, I, I I worked across the street from the richest, like from the most, like the what the, we call it, the most expensive mall in the country, South mm-hmm. Coast Plaza. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just like where I worked, niggas just saw Bentleys and uh, that type of shit on a daily basis. That shit made me uncomfortable. I like I work, and, and I fit in because I I work well. I ain't really fit in. I was a nigga, but I worked there. I was the only nigga that worked with well, one of the few niggas that worked there. But the place, my office building where I worked at, like this is where I'm supposed to be here. But being around, like doing what I was doing and being around the money that I was around was a little like shit, a little uncomfortable. I ain't gonna lie to you, shit, because I ain't, I, don't, I don't come from that. And it's and and seeing it and experiencing like that 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 difference. You feel me? It doesn't, and I think the point that Egg is making is that it doesn't disconnect you from the people that still live in that, right? Mm-hmm. And because I, I think I think we do need to speak to the fact that, like, he was still putting money in niggas' pockets. You know what I mean? Like he was still like putting he's paying niggas' mama's bills, putting motherfuckers in houses, putting people in cars, employing them folks out. I mean, and that, then that, that leads us to you know wonder about you know in one breath we are critical and another breath we valorize Nip. You know what I'm saying? And the business that, you know, he did and what he was a part of. And even though he was, I think, a whole lot more outspoken about uplifting, you know, other black men and being mindful and not, you know, perpetuating violent tropes and doing whatever. Business is business. The streets is the streets. The rules are the rules. You know what I'm saying? So there are some complexities and levels and layers to even that. But that's when we start getting into, okay, Nip was helping his people. He was going, it just looked different. You know, when we look at YSL, it might just look different. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm -hmm. There are things to be said in both of those those, those worlds and those areas. Yeah, man. Well, I think the, uh, to close the conversation out, uh, we're definitely going to be keeping our ears to the streets and watching what happened with this RICO case, as the video stated. 
We know that whether uh, this RICO case is on a state level, it's not on the federal level, but we still expect for it to take a long time to unravel. We still take it a, uh, think it's going to be a long time for us to see, you feel me, really what happens. We know that um, there's some different implications for Gunner. He's not being, um, he's still, he's being charged in the RICO case, but he doesn't have as many charges as Young Thug. Um, we're going to continue to watch this man. Education is elevation. Y'all, uh, make sure y'all go uh, check out the podcast on all other stream pl- uh, uh, platforms. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Good Pods, um, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Are we still on Blog Talk Radio? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. I'll say don't be worried about the details. You just show up and perform. Yeah. With that being said, man, like like we said, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, the Chop Up Show. We on Spotify, we on all of that. It's the Chop Up Show. We appreciate y'all joining the conversation. Be on the lookout if y'all want to catch that. Yeah, uh, that's that's if y'all want to catch the uh the chops uh audio. We got the we got the podcast content, but y'all be we go we starting to put the chops uh, individually. One last thing, um, yeah. it's the end of Taurus season, Gemini season is here. Um, shout out to all my twins out there. It's our time. Thank you. It's so great to see you. God bless you and God keep you. Is my prayer. Thank you. That's all. Right. Look, with with that being said, we are gonna close out the show the same way we start the show. We holla at y'all. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in the console.